part of the Press Play Podcast Network. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. This is Jason J. Lewis, the voice of Superman on Justice League Action. This is Mark Wade, writer of Superman Birdwine. You're listening to the Krypton Report. Welcome to the Krypton Report, uh, like a solo comic book review with me, Tyler. How's it going, everybody? Uh, just a nice, cool day after two warm days in Ohio, because that's the weather that we have here in the land of Superman. Um, and today we're going to look at a book I wanted to do back in February or March as part of our Batman buildup, and I think it's a very interesting book that um, is an Elseworlds tale. It was one that I will say that for the longest time I didn't know it existed Probably till a few years ago, and I feel horrible for saying that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was uh, it was one that once I learned about its creation, I had to have it, and I read it digitally. And then one day I was in my local comic shop, and I just found it in this mess of of books they had. And this is Superman Speeding Bullets. And if you're wondering what Superman Speeding Bullets, I'm gonna tell you. Superman Speeding Bullets is a DC Comics Elseworlds prestige one-shot format comic book. Nice little book. I love these things, by the way, just like Gotham by Gaslight. That basically the concept is it's an amalgamation of Superman and Batman. It's like if the Waynes found Kal-El and named him Bruce and how that would work. And I think it's kind of a neat story. It plays a little bit more still into the nature versus nurture, which I think is a great um, story for Superman. A great concept of what made him Superman. The book, definitely, you know, being with 93, we're in the John Byrne Man of Steel style error with how his pod looks. And I'm going to give you a brief plot and then I'll talk about it a little bit. Okay? Sound good? Baby at Kal-El crashes. Wait. Yes. <laughs> Baby Kal-El crashes onto Earth where he is discovered by Thomas and Martha Wayne. Having always wanted a son, the couple adopt Kal-El and name him Bruce. One night, Thomas and Martha are gunned down by a mugger named Joe Chill in an alleyway. Bruce burns Chill's face with his heat vision, leading to Chill being found dead the next day and discovered his powers. He is too late to save his parents. Ashamed of his failure, he represses the knowledge of his powers. Years later, as an adult, Bruce has become isolated and paranoid, hiding out in Wayne Manor. His super hearing forces him to be aware of all crimes in Gotham City, and he obsessively collects newspaper clippings of violent crimes around the world. Armed robbers break into Wayne Manor and take his butler, Alfred Hostage. Bruce, in a violent fury, remembers his powers and uses them to save Alfred. Alfred takes him to a cave under the manor and shows Bruce the ship which brought him to Earth revealing his alien origins. Meanwhile, the robbers return to their employer who kills them for their failure. Bruce creates a costume for himself as the Batman, or as Batman, however, and begins to brutally strike back at criminals in Gotham. All right. First of all, this was written by the great J.M.D. Mateus. If you're not familiar with his work, I'll give you a quick rundown, and I also recommend checking out the All-Star Superfans podcast. They recently did an interview over the past couple months with Mr. DiMatteis, as well as it's been a 
year or two. I can't keep track of time. Um, the Capes and Lunatics did an interview with my good old pal that I miss, Phil. He uh, he did an interview with J.M. DiMatteis. Let's just talk about Mr. DiMatteis for a moment. J.M. DiMatteis' early aspirations were to be a rock musician and comic book artist. He wasn't reaching for the stars, and I can highly appreciate that. He began playing in bands and starring in the sixth grade, generally at the role of a lead singer, songwriter, and rhythm guitarist. He also wrote music reviews for a number of publications. He began drawing at a young age and was accepted into the School of the Visual Arts. DiMatteis recalls, for some reason, I think I, it was financial, I ended up not going. Somewhere after that, while drawing skills, I had begun to atrophy. He graduated <clears throat> excuse me, from Midwood High School in Brooklyn in 1971. DiMatteis then turned from drawing to writing. He got his start in comic books at DC Comics in the late 70s. After a number of rejected submissions, his first accepted story was The Lady Killer Craves Blood, but it would not be published until years later in House of Mysteries, number 282. His first published story for the company was The Blood Boat in Weird Tales, number 70, in 1978. He contributed to the company's horror comics, notably The Creature of Commands in Weird War Tales, I, Vampire... He briefly wrote the Aquaman feature in Adventure Comics. DiMatteis also uh, with artist Brian Boland produced a backup story called Falling Down to Heaven and Madame Xanadu. DiMatteis had a long and eager to work with Marvel Comics. Following, a rough, following roughly a year in which editor-in-chief Jim Shooter kept him busy with odd jobs and fill-ins, in 1980, he was made the lead writer for Marvel's The Defenders and lengthy runs in Captain America and Marvel Teams Up. Pretty awesome. In the, in the 80s, he would go on to work. Uh, he wrote a negative review of the Grateful Dead's 1980 album, Go to Heaven, which was published in Rolling Stone. Dean Mateus ended his career as a music critic. He explained, Grateful Dead fans are like hardcore comic book fans, you know. And I know when I sit down to write a review that I'm just some schmuck sitting down a typewriter with an opinion. But then it's in print in something like Rolling Stone. I got all these letters, which I say from all these hardcore Grateful Dead fans, wounded. I said, if I'm going to review at all, I'm not going to write negative reviews anymore. Around this time, he also surrendered his professional career as a rock musician after years of playing in New York City-based bands. Sad. Sad. Now, let's get back to DC. DiMatteis su succeeded Jerry Conway as a writer on the superhero team of titled Justice League of America. He then used the pen name Michael Ellis on his first issue of the series. When that title was canceled in the wake of the company's wide crossover legends, DiMatteis stayed through its relaunch as Justice League International, scripting over the plots of Keith Griffin. In JOLI, took lesser-known DC characters as Martian Manor, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Mr. Miracle, Captain Atom, and Power Girl, and turned then-current preoccupations with the grim and gritty superheroes on its head. Hmm. Made it more lighthearted. And the success of the Justice League International led to a spinoff in 89 titled Justice League Europe, also co-written with Griffin. The 90s. Let's see. We don't want to talk about Marvel. That's for the 616 podcast to talk about, not us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Let's see. He he went on to. Uh, yeah, I know. In 2000, Demetrius redefined the specter through the character of Hal Jordan as a spirit of redemption rather than of vengeance. Demetrius co-scripted the Gods of Gotham storyline of Wonder Woman 164 through 166. Uh, for the formerly Justice League International, he created the formerly known as the Justice League. So it was a fun book. And the following year, Demetrius announced that they were collaborating on a five-issue miniseries. Stardust Kid from Image Comics. That's kind of cool. And, you know, he continued to write more and more comics that I could go down. I'm going to try to hit some of his highlights here. Um, here we go. Ready? 2004 won the Best Humor Publication Eisner Award for formerly known as the Justice League with Keith Giffen, Kevin McGuire, and Joseph Rubinstein. Comics, DC, Whew. a lot. <laughs> Batman, Legends of the Dark Knight, Batman, Spider-Man, The Authority, Avengers of Superman, 578 through 587. Adventure Comics, Action Comics, 517 to 520. Let's see, Adventures of Superman, Volume 2, Number 2 in 2013. He wrote... The Justice League Gods and Monsters in 2015, which is a movie that we need to get to and review. I haven't watched it since it first came out. Justice League of America, Justice League uh, of Europe, Justice League 3000, Justice League Dark, Justice League AKA Justice League International, House of Mystery, Green Lantern, Legion of Superheroes, The Spectre, Superman the Man of Tomorrow number 15, 1999, Superman the Kansas Sighting, and then what we'll be talking about, Superman Speeding Bullets. So, World's Finest. He wrote some World's Finest. So, his comic pedigree is huge. Now, this is also fun to mention. He wrote the DC Showcase cartoon shorts Adam Strange and Death in 2019. He wrote the direct-to-video movies Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons, which I've watched. I think that's on Super on uh, CW Seed. Superman, Red Sun, which we talked about. Constantine's City of Demons, Justice League Dark, Batman, Bad Blood, Batman vs. Robin, which the latter two, I didn't realize at the time that he had written them. For television, he's written episodes of Batman the Brave and the Bold. Be Cool Scooby-Doo, which my daughter loves. Ben 10, Earth Final Conflict, Spider-Man, the animated series, Spider-Man, Legion of Superheroes, Justice League Unlimited, The Twilight Zone, Teen Titans Go, Superboy, episodes Known Thy Enemy 1 and 2, To Be Human 1 and 2, and Into Mystery, and Thundercats. All to say that Mr. DiMatteis has an amazing career as a writer. We're appreciative of his career. And that's just a quick glimpse into him. So let's get back to Superman speeding bullets. Characters that we meet are Dr. Thomas Wayne. We get to meet Martha, Alfred, Batman, and Lex Luthor, who has a very interesting turn in the story. 
So now that we know the plot, let's go through the book a little bit. The cover is a playoff Superman one, but instead of it being Superman, it's Batman in the pose. And this Batman design is pretty cool. It actually has a full mouth. And so I like the idea, like what if it's kind of like what if Batman had Superman's powers, but in this case, it's Superman is Batman. Clark is Batman, but it's Bruce. It's kind of cool. When it starts, we see that the Waynes found him, his crash. Alfred is there as well. There is a, then a family photo album. Now, like we said, the con as we go through it, we see Bruce growing up and I will refer to him as Bruce or Kal-El. And then we go to them at the movies coming out and we see the shot. He's attacked, and it's not to this moment that really Bruce's powers manifest. Of course, he heat vision blasts Joe Chill's face. And he talks about, uh, you know, Alfred has some narration. He says, poor kid kept saying the same thing over and over. The bullets, the bullets, the bullets. For years, that's all he remembered. The bullets flashing in the darkness like silver rockets, like shooting stars. That had a feeling of deep guilt deep shamed but the guilt and the shame remained and we see him grow up like three panels and we see the newspaper clippings and we see how just the violence of the world gets to him he can't handle it it he pretty much has a psychological breakdown and we see him when the people break in they try to take alfred how he snaps they shoot him, the bullets bounce off. The heat vision comes back. He even starts a fire. He cries, I remember. And then Alfred takes him to the basement. He sees the bats, and we get this really cool shot of him flying with the bats. Now, this is probably one part that I don't really like in the book, but I understand it, is we meet Luther who is an amalgam of the Joker and Lex Luthor. Um, <coughs> and I'm not a huge fan of, of that. Um, I, I kind of like the idea of, you know, just this is Batman's world. We don't have to bring everything from Superman's world into it, but it kind of does that. We see him now in a full Bat costume on his first night out flying and taking down paramilitary thugs. Luther has this weird where he goes back and forth. Um, Luther's trying to be part of Queen uh, Enterprises. And we get Lois Lane. Lois, of course, starts to investigate the Batman. And Batman saves her. And it is neat to see the panel workings of Batman coming down in very Superman poses that we're used to. One where he's beating up thugs and he uses his heat vision as well. And we have Lois typing and she has a thing for Bruce. And then later we see that Luther comes in to the Daily Planet 
and he's wearing a he rips off his face and he's white underneath much like the joker he says lex luther is dead jackass he died in a flood of chemicals and flame he suffered he burned and he was reborn as the joker and he shoots bruce who dresses like clark white shirt blue pants red tie with a umbrella and he goes flying with a helicopter attached to his back out the window and batman shows up batman fights him he throws him lois says no and he flies down and catches him military tanks are showing up just he fights the tanks and takes them all down and then towards the end and this is what's interesting um i'm looking for it here you can rise above all that and stand with your powers there's so much more you can do instead of flexing your muscle stooping to the level of the very people you're trying to stop you can rise above all that stand as an example of hope i don't have to i don't have it in me to do that the batman doesn't but bruce wayne does when did i realize that she's talking because we find out that the narrator that we thought was Alfred at the beginning, because it felt like Alfred, is actually da -dun -da -da, Lois looking back and talking. And we see panels. He, she kisses him. They fly together. And then at the bottom, um, she starts saying how something as simple as shifting wind current might have carried that rocket anywhere in the world. It could have been a Zulu that found him in a fiery crater or a Chinese peasant. Why not some fascist dictator or a Kansas farmer? Scenario after scenario unreals in my mind, and I panic in the mere thought that I might never have known him, that our troubled world may have been denied a hero, great hero. Inevitably, I laugh and push my foolish fantasies aside, secure in the knowledge that there's only one way it could have happened, only one service of events that could have given us Superman. In the last panel is a very Krypton reminiscent Superman of like the John Byrne era. And I, I like it and I know that it's Superman speeding bullets. But at the same time, I kind of like the idea of him just being Batman and what that would look like as an ongoing and him never really becoming Superman. Um, that concept being so different. But I do think it's a great, like, I love Elseworlds tales. They're, they're fun. They're not always meant to be canon. And this is one that was great as both a Batman and Superman fan. I would love someone to maybe take up this and not redo it, but do something similar with it again in a more, like, longer format where he actually just takes on Batman villains and not amalgamized villains. Um... I think it'd be really interesting. But what do you think, dear listener? Check us out. Let me know. And remember. Look out for this time. We just want to say, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please check out other podcasts on the Press Play Podcast Network. Hey, we're going to press pause and hear a few words from our other podcasts on Press Play Podcast Network. Hello, Brooks here with the Books with Brooks monthly book club podcast. Here's how Books with Brooks works. We read one book a month and then we talk about it. Classics like Stephen King's The Shining, debut novels like We Are the Brennans by Tracy Lang, 
and tons of other compelling, life-changing stories, one book and one month at a time. So come read along with us and then listen in. This is Dan Jurgens, and if you want to have a good time, keep listening to the Krypton Report. Remember to check out Krypton Report on all social media platforms. Go to linktree.com slash Krypton Report. you find all of our information right there. And if you want to keep Krypton from exploding, join our $1 a month Patreon. That's right. For $1 a month, you'll get extra special content that you don't get on the main show, like movie commentaries and whatever else comes out of our mouths. So check it out, patreon.com slash Krypton Report. If you are like Tyler and James and can't get enough super talk, check out these other podcasts. Digging for Kryptonite, Supergirl Radio, The Last Sons of Krypton, The Superboy Legacy Podcast, All-Star Superfans, Superman the Animated Podcast, The Aspiring Kryptonians, Always Hold On to Smallville, Caped Wonder, The Geek of Steel, and Truth, Justice, and Hope podcast.